Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Hello and welcome to another Joy 94.9 Community Highlight. I'm Dean Beck, and today is the 26th of August 2016. It's Wear It With Purple Day, a day to support LGBTIQ youth and their allies. I went along earlier today to Elwood College to witness grassroots community advocacy and activism at its best. 16-year-old trans advocate and Elwood College student Georgie Stone initiated and facilitated the day's events. And Georgie, along with her family, featured recently on The Australian Story to discuss her very personal story of growing up as a young trans girl. After the assembled students and I watched a re-screening of that Australian story about Georgie, she then conducted a panel conversation which featured Victoria's Minister for Mental Health and Equality, the Honourable Martin Foley, Victoria's Commissioner for Gender and Sexuality, Rowena Allen, and Georgie's mum, who is a tremendous change maker and founder of Transcend, Rebecca Robinson. Now, at the conclusion of the conversation, I caught up with Minister Foley, who had made a big announcement too for our community. So I hope you enjoy this community highlight. So, Wear a Purple Day, as you all know, is a day to raise awareness about LGBTIQ students and what they endure to be true to themselves. This day is very special to me. As many of you know, I'm transgender. I am a spokesperson for the transgender community and an advocate for transgender youth. But before I get into all of that, I'd like to welcome the special guests we have with us today. They will be sharing their insights into the issues LGBTIQ people face and what they are doing to make their lives better. I'd like to welcome the Minister for Mental Health and Equality, Martin Foley. The Gender and Sexuality Commissioner, Rowena Allen. just a little bit of context and just educate you all a little bit before we get into the discussion. Um, It also gives people an idea on how um, courts interfere with the whole family. Um, You will see a few familiar faces in this episode, because some of it was filmed at school. Um, 
And I hope you enjoy it and find it all informative. So it goes for about 25 minutes, um, but we might cut it short, so just hang in there. So in 2013, my mum and I appealed to the full bench of the Family Court of Australia and changed the law surrounding stage one treatment, which is puberty blocking hormones. Now, no family Australia-wide has to go to court to get that stage treatment. However, families still have to go to court to access stage two treatment. Um, so that is the focus of our advocacy. Um, Mum and I went to Canberra in February this year and spoke at the Parliamentary Friends of LGBTIQ Australians, rallying for legislative reform. Um, that fight is still happening, and luckily we had this Australian Story episode to educate a wider group of people on the challenges families like ours face. So let's start the Q&A. Um, so we have these three little people. So, well, Rowena Allen, what does a Gender and Sexuality Commissioner do? What is your role in helping LGBTIQ Australians feel safe in the community? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> oh, gee, how long have you got? <laughs> I was appointed 12 months ago, and my job description is um, to make <coughs> Victoria a safer place for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, diverse and intersex Victorians. So it's very broad. I do everything from playing in the government space, trying to work with the minister to move some legislation along in the state space. Also play in the sports area. You may have seen the pride game between St Kilda and the Swans. I had something to do with, a little something to do with that. Uh, I chair the trans and gender diverse group within government as well as an intersex group. It's very broad. I've judged the dog show at Midsummer. <laughs> uh, you know, judge the, the cakes at Bake Off Midsummer. So there's some serious and not so serious things in the role of a commissioner. And I get to wear cool jackets. <laughs> She's been very modest. What she does is drive the whole government and community agenda to make sure that LGBTIQ people have a fairer, more decent go in a society where that's still one of the great missing pillars of how we treat people decently in our world, particularly in Victoria. So, not that it's a big job, but <laughs> there's no pressure, but the government and I think the wider community um, have a lot of uh, faith in the work that Roe does, but she does it in a particular way that we don't want to put too much pressure on it. She's very kind of collaborative in making sure that government, community and others are part of that process. Thanks, Paul. So we'll get back to that one. But um, Martin Foley, you're, you're obviously the Minister for Mental Health and Equality. What is your role and how do you work together with Rowena Allen or the rest of the LGBTIQ community? OK. Um, generally, I work with Roe by doing what she tells me to do. So <laughs> I find that's easiest. But on a more serious note, um, so my job as Minister for Equality, which is a new ministerial portfolio, the first uh, of such a portfolio in government, it's a very small in terms of resources uh, that it brings, but what its job is to act as a bit of a um, disruptive agent of change about how government and community needs to focus on all of the bits that government and community do through a lens of how is it that what we're doing is going to impact on LGBTIQ people and to recognise that we can do a lot by refocusing all the bits of what government does, whether it's in mental health, whether it's in education, whether it's in sport, you name it, government does a lot of stuff. And if we can lead um, through bringing 
a conscious view that we've got a role of leadership, then we can help change attitudes, we can help change perceptions, and we can help change outcomes. So my job is really, as a quality minister, is to uh, act as that um, uh, agent of bringing rest of government and community to the realisation that there is a lot still to be done to make life better and fairer for LGBTI people. In mental health, mental health is a huge portfolio, but when it comes to LGBTI people, sadly, LGBTI people, their families, their carers, are disproportionately represented in bad mental health outcomes. You name the outcome, depression, alcohol and drugs, lots of bad things are disproportionately recognised, uh, are disproportionately a part of the LGBTI community, which I don't like to focus on too much because there's a lot to celebrate and a lot to pump up the tyres about when it comes to the good things that happen in the community. But we cannot ignore the reality that uh, people who identify as LGBTIQ are sadly disproportionately represented in so many bad measures. So try to bring some of the resources of the mental health portfolio to address that in the kind of broader work that we do. Um, resources, various resources for LGBTIQ students. So what sort of resources are there, and this is for all of you out there, for people who are struggling with their gender identity or with bullying? Uh, well, probably, sadly, not enough. But having said that, um, uh, a lot more than there used to be, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, events like this, uh, days like Wear a Purple Day, days like, you know, you're not alone. Uh, there's been a lot of developments through advocacy of leadership groups from parents, from schools, from young people themselves that have started. But the more that they start, the more that they then challenge um, some deep homophobic, transphobic and biphobic attitudes in the wider community that, you know, is always a challenge. Uh, so we can't back off that, but we need to treat that in a respectful way that deals appropriately with, first and foremost, LGBTI people, but whilst challenging those um, you know, unacceptable views, how we reshape the forces of the education department, the wider community, um, to bring those resources to bear on days like today, so that everyone has the opportunity to be recognised as who they are and to feel safe in saying who they are. And sadly, whilst we've made a lot of progress, we still have a long way to go. What do you think? Look, I think resourcing is part of it, but I don't think a bit of Victorian government money went into today. So I want to say congratulations to the leadership of the school, Georgie, Beck, all these people that make today actually happen. So we put some money in for safe schools, we put some money in for resources. We fund Minus 18, which is a group that you can... Uh, get in touch with or Y gender, little tiny bits of money, but really it's the it's the community's work, it's the leadership of the principals that can make schools safe as well as everything else. So uh, it's a bit of a, it conti continues to need to be not just a government effort, but an all, all in all community effort. Oh, look, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I, and I think um, the kind of grassroots advocacy 
that, that this is, is sort of the most, in lots of ways it's the most important because it brings all of you guys with us and um, sort of reiterate what I said in the Australian story. Knowing someone who is LGBTIQ is fantastic for the people around them because they get to go on a journey with them and when they come on that journey, then suddenly there's another generation of people with bigger hearts and who are better educated. So um, never think that you're too little to do something or make a difference in other people's lives because that's just not true. What you bring to your community is hugely, hugely important and it's fantastic, such a relief from a parent's point of view to have a government who's on side and to have organisations that are supporting us in that pursuit. But at the bottom level, it's us who makes the difference. Every single day of our lives, it's us that makes the difference. And oftentimes, it's governments that follow. Right. It's actually wrong. Mm. So does anyone have any questions so far? Yes, Rafi? Um, there has recently been some controversy about the Safe Schools Coalition. So can you tell us what is the Safe Schools Coalition and why is it important? Uh, well, uh, I'll start, but the Safe Schools Coalition started here in Victoria uh, and going right back to 2008. I'm looking for a support here. I think it's seven? Yeah. A long time ago. 2010. <laughs> okay. Um, the then government and the then Minister for Health uh, decided that what we do is trial a program that had been designed through La Trobe University to see how uh, schools could be a more welcoming, safe place. Now, a number of schools trialled for a couple of years. That went well. It went very well. Uh, and then the program was expanded and it went even better. So it got us to about 2012. Uh, and then in 2014, um, uh, the current government, uh, led by Daniel Andrews, committed that we would expand the program into every state government secondary school over the next four years, which we're well on the way to doing, uh, which we will. Uh, and then it ran into some controversy and continues to run into controversy. Uh, but we shouldn't shy away from that controversy. We should deal with it in a respectful uh, and appropriate way. But what it's done, it's run into some uh, deeply entrenched attitudes that take the view that this is not the kind of conversation that we should be having in schools. This government takes a very different view. Young LGBTI people in state schools such as this are mature enough and reflecting their own lived experience enough to deal with issues of identity, because that's what we're talking about. It's sexuality, it's identity. Apparently it's okay to talk about uh, straight identity and uh, sexuality issues in some people's view, but not okay to talk about the diversity of identities and sexuality. Well, 
that's one that's one view of the world, but it's not a view that we necessarily share. It's a view that we should treat respectfully. It's a view that we should uh, challenge respectfully, but we should not shy away from the fact that until such time as people that we all know, people that we can point to in our own lived experience, people who are us, people who are our friends, who are our family, who are our neighbours, have a right to be treated the same way that we would expect others to treat us. Actually, a bit of a central tenet of um, you know, what we're meant to be as a Western developed <coughs> society. Treating everybody decently and equally and respectfully as to who they are and whether that's, and we don't, we still have a long way to go. We still treat people, sadly as a society, with a lot of racism, a lot of discrimination and a lot of homophobia, transphobia and biphobia. And until we challenge those attitudes and essentially um, deal with those in a way that makes sure that people are able to be safely who they are, particularly young people as they come to resolve who they are, then we've still got some long way to go. In my view, that's what Safe Schools is all about. Some people choose to, uh, for other purposes, politicise that in a very negative way. That's unfortunate, but we just have to deal with it and confront it when it comes along. No, I think he summed it up. Yeah, I think... Sorry. Rafi, I've got a little thing to say about that. Um, we know what life was like in schools before Safe Schools Coalition came along. We experienced the difficulties of of trying to make the school principal understand Georgie's needs, etc. That was a time when there wasn't a Victorian government schools policy to support transgender and intersex students as well. So we were really on our own um, and had, you know, a mixed success rate in terms of uh, getting the support that we need until, of course, we came to Elwood College um, where everything's been beautiful. Um, um, yeah. Can I just tell a story? When I was nine and at my first primary school, um, it was a school <coughs> carnival, it was a swimming carnival, so, um, but I was forced to use the male change rooms and I was harassed in there, there were kids yelling at me, saying that I should be in there and it was awful, but the school still wouldn't let me use the female change rooms for the next, oh, swimming lessons, so for the, for the lessons in the following weeks I had to get changed behind a tree. And so that is what schools are often like without the Safe Schools Coalition. And so that's why it's awful that it's been hindered this year with all the controversy. Um, Safe Schools Coalition saves lives, it does. And I would have loved to have it when I needed it, but we had to make do without it. But um, Safe Schools, it's incredible, needs to be in schools. That's why it's great that Daniel Andrews has kept it in Victoria. Um, and it also, um, gives us opportunities to discuss these issues, which I think is really important. It's what we're doing today. So, um, yeah, that's Safe Schools. Do you have any other questions? Oh, here we go. Yes. I'd like to ask, what are your opinions on the upcoming marriage equality policy, and what will you do to combat um, intolerance campaigns? Do you want to have a go at that, Kelly? Oh, well... <coughs> I don't think a plebiscite is the right way to go. Um, I don't think there should be a, a public vote on the human rights of people. They should just be um, uh, respected. So I would like a free vote in Parliament. I don't know how this is going to play out. 
So um, I think I think over the next few months and leading up to you know the potential date, we've got to look after um, our community and make sure uh, no one uh, falls to the side or or. Um, is damaged by it because I think it, if a plebiscite goes ahead, so it's going to be really, really terrible for a lot of community members. Yeah. I so, might add to that, oh, okay, Commissioner. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't want to put you in any hot water um, as a public servant. Um, so the Victorian government's position is very clear. The federal parliament, according to the High Court, has the ability to change the Marriage Act. That's what we elect in our system of parliament, representative democracy, members of parliament to do. It was changed in 2003 to exclude same-sex uh, and gender-diverse marriages. Uh, we didn't have a plebiscite then, so there is actually no need to change to have a plebiscite other than uh, the ruling party in Canberra needs to manage its internal politics. That's what it's about. Uh, their politics managing versus uh, a taxpayer-funded hate speech, which is what we're potentially risking, is not uh, a, a balanced judgment that we think the, the Australian community should be asked to make to get the Prime Minister out of some internal political difficulties. Mm. So we think uh, that we should not be having a plebiscite, that our system of parliamentary democracy, the High Court judgments say the Parliament can fix this. It could fix it next week when it comes back for the first time. And we hope that when they introduce the bill that it will be unsuccessful, that it will be knocked off in the Federal Parliament. That is the Victorian Government's position that this should not happen. Uh, and that's our position. Uh, we will see what happens in the Senate. We will see what happens in the Federal Parliament. Uh, but we are very clear that this is a discriminatory, unnecessary and potentially destructive uh, taxpayer-funded uh, licence for hate speech because, sadly, whilst we would expect most Australians will deal with it in a respectful, sensible way, there are those people who will see this as an opportunity, uh, perhaps in all good conscience and faith from their point of view of the world, to attack people for who they are. And why should LGBTIQ Australians be the only group whose rights are subject to a non-binding... So even if there's a vote that says this is what we should do as a nation, there is no requirement for the, for the outcome of this uh, ballot to be binding on the federal parliament. It's not a referendum which changes the constitution and changes the laws. This is a non-binding, taxpayer-funded opinion poll that will be not... Uh, that will, might well allow people to be damaged and attacked for who they are, as we have seen in other not dissimilar international areas. So our view as a Victorian government is very clear. This bill, should we see it next week, should not be supported. It should be defeated and we call upon the Senate, where the balance of power isn't with the government, to stand up for LGBTIQ Australians and to knock this bill off and for the, like Rebecca said, be a free vote in Parliament. Yes, we understand people have deep personal and sometimes religious views about these things, but it should be a free vote in Parliament. And I think advocates for marriage equality on both sides of the chamber at federal Parliament recognise that if there was a free vote, it would get through. That's the assessment that people have made. 
uh, and we think that should be the forum in which this, and if nothing else, it's, it's a very dangerous precedent that the rights of one set of Australians should be subject to a set of processes different to the rights of every other set of Australians. <coughs> Hi, Mum. Hi, Dad. Uh, so, um, what I want to ask is, um, as, as you've mentioned, the uh, uh, Safe Schools Coalition has been excluded from all other states save Victoria. Um, what efforts are currently being um, undergone to uh, help LGBTIQ students in other states around the country? You're asking me? I'm asking all of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take <laughs> uh, well, I don't know because I'm a Victorian government mm. uh, official other than, um, as we've seen as recently as this week in the New South Wales Parliament, um, there continue to be uh, moves against um, supporting LGBTIQ students expressing who they are uh, and that cannot be a good thing. Um, but I can't speak for other jurisdictions other than to say the Victorian Government's position is clear. We committed to roll out this program in every state school and we will continue to roll the program out in every state government secondary school. There are definitely rallies around Australia to get back Safe Schools Coalition. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a petition going around at the moment for the New South Wales um, Parliament. Um, but again, I think it's one of those moments when people have to really rally around and um, put their shoulder to the wheel to hold um, their governments to account um, on this sort of stuff. It's, it's a battle. It is a battle. And you have to really dig in and go for it. And um, I hope those other states and territories do that. Yeah. We have time for just for a few more questions. Dean, so, Dean, yeah. Dean. Dean Beck from Georgia 4.9. I want to firstly congratulate you, Georgie, and, um, and your family on doing Australian Story. An easy job, and you did it very, very well. I'd like to know what we can do as a community to get this phase two um, thing done in the courts so that you, people don't have to go through what you've been through. Um, how can we make that happen? Well, um, I think. The, one of the best ways to do it is to raise awareness, keep pressure on the politicians to change the law through legislation. Um, I have just started a petition to change the law surrounding stage two treatment through legislation. Um, so if people sign it, get it out into the community, that would be great. Just to have more media attention on this issue, um, it puts pressure on the politicians and I think that's the best way that we can make a difference to change the law. Yeah, I think I think we're in a we're in a bit of a tricky position at the moment with that thing because um, the judges it, want to oh they do they do but they actually need a case to do it. We gave them one and they were a bit half-hearted about it, and I think they have lived to regret that now. Um, however. 
you need a particular case with a particular set of circumstances for it to actually warrant a situation where you can appeal against something. Don't you just need political will to change Well, there are two ways to do it, either through the court or through legislation. And you know what the federal government setup is like at the moment. I think we're going to have our work cut out for us there, but it doesn't mean that we stop lobbying for it and agitating for it. There's still there's plenty of goodwill, but I've said it many times before, goodwill and hope doesn't get us anywhere and it's not sustaining. So I'm not um, bedazzled by that. We just need to keep pressing on. I don't think we'll get this resolved until marriage equality has been resolved. And um, but you know, Georgie and I are determined, and I know there are lots and lots of people in the community who are determined. Um, for us, we've been through it all. So we know how horrendous an experience it is, but other families are looking towards that being in their future. And I remember the sense of powerlessness that gave me so we're not going to stop battling that one until it's actually done. And it will get done, just like marriage equality. It will. It absolutely will. We've just got to wear them down. <laughs> Before they wear just, us down. Just keep it. They're not going to wear us down, Ro. Never. We wear purple. Yeah. <laughs> Before you wind up, Georgie. Could... Can I thank Georgie? And as a, uh, there are days when you are very, very proud to be part of this community. And can I thank Rhonda and the whole school leadership? Elwood yeah. College uh, sets the pace in so many ways, and I couldn't be more proud to be a member of this community than I am today. And can I thank Rhonda and the whole school leadership for their terrific yeah, support of, um, yeah. of this community? Amongst the various other things I get to do is this for mental health, which is things called the Hay Grants, uh, which is all about, through a mental health prism, to celebrate the diversity of what it is to be young and LGBTIQ uh, in Victoria. And today we're announcing a whole set of uh, uh, another round of grants through our friends from Yakvik with Georgie. We've got Georgie, the CEO of Yakvik, here today, Youth Affairs Council Victoria. Uh, and whether it's leadership up to $10,000, is that right, Georgie, for community-based activities around celebrating the diversity of young people uh, in the LGBTI community, organisational support, uh, and the, the details can be found at www.yakvic.org.au and we've got five grants for youth-led initiatives so young people get... Stand up, Georgie. So we thought it was appropriate on a day like today where the community comes around and supports LGBTI people, LGBTIQ, particularly young people, that was an appropriate day to announce yeah. this um, next stage of these important grants. So can I thank Yakvic for this.
It's Wear It With Purple Day and I'm at Elwood College where our Minister for Equality, Martin Foley, has announced this year's round of hay grants. Uh, Martin Foley, why are you here today? Well, uh, Wear It Purple Day, I uh, was invited along by the fantastic Elwood College community to be part of a panel So we uh, to talk about the Wear It Purple uh, issues around inclusion and support. Uh, for families and kids at school. So what better day than to announce a new uh, expansion of the Hay Grants uh, and further million dollars of funding for LGBTI organisations across our community, a social connectedness grants program of up to $10,000 for youth-led initiatives in this important space. And this is for community groups or schools indeed to... uh top up their funds in a particular project through the uh, Mental Health Initiative. It's another one of your portfolios, isn't it? Indeed it is. Uh, So with the support of Yakvik, who will do the arm's length uh, assessment of these programs uh, with a panel of government officials, we will make sure that uh, we expand the range of supports that government offers to youth-led initiatives around connecting and support Uh, for young people uh, as they deal with who they are and their connectedness to community, to one another and to schools. It's another important step in making sure that we deliver on our commitment that equality should be not negotiable in Australia, whilst it's definitely uh, not negotiable here in Victoria. Now, for the first time, you're also announcing a range of community grants that is designed to help Uh, support individuals and um, small groups within the community who do great work but who burn out pretty quick. Absolutely. What we've seen in the whole LGBTI small organisation levels is a huge churn rate. Lots of people with good ideas, with good projects that deliver them but how you sustain those projects and those ideas is by sustaining those organisations with the support of Yakvik, with the support of a whole range of other community organisations we want to make sure that we deliver sustainable programs that support young people uh, in landing who they are and in being proud and supportive of who they are. Is that community grant round, how is that going to be issued and who can apply for that? Well, anyone can apply. The grants projects are now up on um, the LGBTI Community Grants Program page at vic.gov.au slash equality uh, and they'll be assessed against the criteria, which is also on the website, about the benefit that they will return to young people, their organisations, those organisations that auspice them. But it's all about making sure that we build better, sustainable outcomes for youth-led organisations and youth-led initiatives in this LGBTI space to make sure, particularly uh, as we enter in a potentially troubling plebiscite uh, era, the support that young people are going to be need are going to need to have to um, get through what could be a challenging time. And how much is that grant round worth? Well, the whole program is a a new million dollars, uh, but the grants programs can be up to $10,000 per initiative. Uh, That's that's a lot of money on the one hand, but we're confident that that, um, uh, when spread appropriately, we can lever off a whole range of other 
programs and supports from organisations, from communities uh, and from schools and whatever the uh, applications that we're encouraging here today will deliver. Minister for Mental Health and Equality, Martin Foley, thank you for joining us on Joy. Thank you very much, Dean. A big thank you to Elwood College and to the Minister and his staff for allowing me to be there today to cover this event. I hope you've enjoyed this Joy Community Highlights. Check out more at joy.org.au. Till next time, keep well, take care, bye for now. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.